In the beginning is the title of this message this morning. Everything has a beginning except the Lord God Almighty. As Genesis states in the very first verse, in Genesis 1, 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. Together they made up one day. Genesis chapter 1, if you want to read about the creation of earth, it goes on to explain about the creation of the, 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 the earth. Then we read in chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life, and the man became a living person. The supreme creator of heaven and earth did two things in creating man. First, he formed man out of the dust of the ground, and second, he breathed his own breath into the nostrils of Adam. This distinguished man from all the rest of God's creatures. The breath of life from God's mouth into the nostrils of man, it's an eternal breath. And when he breathed that, he made every living person's soul eternal from that time on. So we are eternal beings. One of these days, we'll get rid of this old carcass. And as I always say, they'll take you out and throw you in a hole, and then we'll come back here at the church and eat potato salad. That is the end of man. So that, but that's not the end of man. That's just, you know, that's just throwing this old carcass aside and going on into glory. Never to die, to be alive forever. That is what the breath of God does. It, it never dies. It goes out there. The breath of life was what turned man into a lifeless collection of matter, Turned that into a living creature. In C.S. Lewis's story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan, king of Narnia, if you've seen or read those, that he's the depiction of Christ. He comes across these creatures that were turned into stone statues by the white witch, which is the incarnate Satan, if you will. So he breathes on them, and he changes them from unfeeling blocks of stone into alive, feeling, warm-blooded mammals again. This is a great clip. It depicts our salvation in a sense. Let's watch. It's a great depiction of life. We are dead in our sins, and we are like statues of stone to God because 
we're dead. And the Holy Spirit comes in, and we ask Christ to come into our lives, and it's that breath of life that comes in and, and makes us alive and, and turns us into new creatures. The breath of life in the Hebrew means blast, inspiration. It's something mighty. Then in John 20, 19 through 22, we read about Jesus breathing the breath of life into his followers after his resurrection. Chapter 20, 19 through 22. That evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. And he spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, breath of life. The same breath out of the same lungs that breathed into Adam's nostrils to bring him alive is the same breath that Christ breathed into those disciples on that day. And then in Acts 2, he breathes this same breath of life into the church at Pentecost in Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm in the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. And perhaps it looked something like this. And this clip always makes me want to, to say, Behold the power of God. So you, you'll get my drift when you watch it. Let's watch. John, wake up. All of you. Mm. Wake. Come. What are we doing? We're praying. Gallop in Abdullah. 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 Gallop in Abdullah.
Now we can leave this place. Now spread his word. And as Paul Harvey would say, you know the end of the story, that from that day on, after the Holy Spirit came and remained on earth in believers, that uh, they went out to change the world. And it's still changing. In Old Testament times, the Spirit of God came upon isolated individuals or smaller groups only on specific special occasions for a way to help them accomplish what God had for them at that time. And then the Holy Spirit would leave, just like it showed that leaving, going back. And that's, that's, that's how the Holy Spirit operated in the Old Testament. Here, here's a couple examples, Judges 14, 5 and 6. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion attacked Samson near the vineyard of Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord powerfully took control of him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. And then in 1 Kings 18, it talks about Elijah, after his meeting with the prophets of Baal and God defeating him, said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he ran 15 miles from Mount Carmel back to Jezreel and outran Ahab's chariots. The Spirit of God was upon him. So as the apostles, as we saw, were gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, Christ promised that he promised was finally going to be fulfilled. The Spirit would come and stay. That the Spirit would come and dwell in, in, in believers and, and constantly give us power 24-7. Luke 24, 49, John 14, 16, 17, and verse 26, and chapter 16, 5 through 15. So this marvelous outpouring of God provided the supernatural power of believers to take the life-changing message of the gospel to the ends of the earth, Acts 1.8. And so on this day, God made that happen. Christ's promise was fulfilled, and what a day it was. Pouring out His Spirit into the lives of 120 believers resulted in the effective pouring out of His story, changing the lives of over 3,000 people on one day. And God continues to do that. 20 years ago, when we started, the vast majority of us, did, we, didn't, we didn't even know each other. And now some of you have been here a while, knew if you knew me a little better, you'd have went to church somewhere else. I dig that, but nonetheless. <laughs> so we're talking about the power of God. So on October 4th, 1998, our great God breathed life the life-giving breath into Crossroads Community Church at 2 South Court, Sullivan, Indiana. And hopefully many lives have been changed and many more lives will be changed. So this is what we celebrate, my friends, this year of our Lord 2018 and this message is to be continued. Father, I thank you for what you've done and it's, it's, it's beyond me. I can't say the words of gratitude so strongly that would express how I feel in my heart today for what you've done and what you continue to do. 
man, God, thank you for bringing these fine people into my life. It has enriched me as a person. It has enriched me as a follower of Christ to see what you have done through us and how you have brought so many gifted and talented people into this place. Actually, we're all gifted to be your followers, to be your family, to continue to change the world in your name. I do ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Now we yeah. all know our... The, and the next I want to say infamous, is, but... Yeah. The, 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 hey, I want to tell you something. This is, this is probably the, the, the first guy that made me really feel welcome in Sullivan. Well, thanks, Ed. And I would go over to the newsstand, and <laughs> he'd new be stand. frustrated over this crossword puzzle, and I'd slide in beside him, <laughs> and we'd get to talking. We covered pretty much every we subject. We did. Yes, we so, did. But you'll always be number one in my heart. Thank you, my friend. Over, it'll, so. it'll come out in the book. <laughs> and... Uh, that's what my job is here today, because this is basically the beginning, uh, the official beginning of the celebration of 20 years of Crossroads Community Church. And uh, like Ed said in his sermon today, in the beginning. So this is the beginning of that celebration. And it is really like a book. It's kind of like a, a saga, a story. I brought up in the first service, which I thought was interesting when I was thinking about this this morning and what I was going to say, uh, if you go around town and look at the other churches in town, many of them anyway, uh, the Baptist church and, and the Methodist church and the Christian church, these churches were founded, many of them like in 18 so-and-so. So the people who were involved in starting the church are long gone. We have the blessing of being able to sit here and talk to the two men who basically began this church, that being Fast Eddie and Ronnie Lucas, who's upstairs, and he'll be down in just a second. It is a, it, you know, we could start this part of the thing by saying once upon a time or in the beginning, like Ed said, or uh, in a galaxy far, far away. But any way you look at it, it is amazing at the things that have happened and how they started right here 20 years ago. Uh, you'll find how the name Crossroads Community Church came to pass. I think that's pretty interesting. We originally thought of Fast Eddie's or the no donut, donut Palace, that wouldn't have worked. Ron Lucas, the co-founder of Crossroads Community Church. This is where I was really chosen because I'm going to interview these two guys. You know, since I'm a news guy, news geek, I, w I do remember the first time I came to Crossroads Community Church. You invited me to come. <laughs> it was in a park. It was in the city park. And he said, I was smoking over at the uh, uh, newsstand. He says, you can smoke when you come to, your, to my church. I said, really? It's the only time in life I said, you can come to Crossroads in the park and smoke. <laughs> That's so, right. So I did. I, I brought my chair and, and sat up at the back of the crowd. Did you smoke? I did. <laughs> and I looked up through there, and I saw Johnny Knotts and Bruce Walkup. 
and Chuck uh, Wells. Wells, and I thought, man, this is one weird church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on in, Ronnie. This is where it all started. Now, uh, just to go back, why don't you tell us when you first met Ed and where you were and that kind of thing. I was going to a church in um, south of Duggar called Bethel Community, Bethel. Community Church, and uh, we had a pastor there, Jay Nicholas. Uh -huh. He later left, started working on the denominational level in Finley, Ohio with the Churches of God, but he and I continued to be friends, mm -hmm. and we were involved in a lot of uh, church planter assessments and a lot of conferences all over the United States. That's where I hooked up with Eddie at one of those conferences. And tell us about when you met Ron down well, in Georgia. We we went. We, I went some guys from uh, over home there in Illinois to Atlanta, or, and I thought I'd be rooming with one of them, but they put me in a room with this guy. <laughs> we, that, that's how God does stuff. And and like I said, the first service, I, I had a bad cold, and I had like a thousand vitamin C pills that week. Ron just kept feeding me mass handfuls. Of, Eat these; it'll make you feel better. But he saved my life. I think he did. <laughs> I really did. I think he did. So I appreciate that, Ron. That's how we, and we went to this uh, boot camping workshop, I guess, in a sense, and, and then things just started to fall in place after that, so. And as I said this morning, I want to mention Cindy. God love her. She was part of the, part of the movement to become what became Crossroads Church. Now, you, you started on the south side, or, right. yeah, the south side of the square. Explain Tindles. that a little bit. And I think everybody that lives in Sullivan should live over Tyndall's for at least a month. <laughs> you, you, get, you get in touch with your roots here in Sullivan, Indiana. You really, you really do. So that's where we started. Well, that was our offices, you know, okay. and, and we were fortunate, and I don't know that this has ever happened again, but the conference supported Eddie and I for right. a full year before... Crossroads started, did they gave know. us yeah. the opportunity to, yeah. to do what we did. And who knows how many yeah, people gave to that. That's exactly you know, right. Hundreds. God really blessed us through the churches of God, that's for sure. Then how did you make your way to the Sherman House here? You, <coughs> you, you knew Reed and Twyla, and we just talked to them, said, hey, can we rent this place? And they said, sure. I tell you, it's kind of how it, how it started. This used to be a dinner theater. You remember sure. that? Those sure. days? I was here with some friends watching Boots Randolph of Boots all Boots Randolph, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And I remember sitting right down here, and I thought, man, this would be a neat place to have church. There you go. Enough kind of, said. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. to, to be amazed, it's amazed how God has used this building to, to where we are today. But, you know, for a while, probably no one would admit hanging out in the bar downstairs. There was a bar in this basement. Plus, in the 70s, there was an X-rated movie theater on the third floor. So that's how God can, can take something and use it for good. <laughs> that's, that's true. That, that's I'm, not pretty... make, I'm not making this up. It's not... <laughs> he doesn't make stuff up, that's for sure. <laughs> if you were here a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about starting fires, that was great. That was just classic. <laughs> so do you, did you ever think it would come to this point, Ronnie? Well, Eddie and I were talking earlier. Um, I was going back through my journals. I've, I've journaled a lot over the years. I was looking at 1998. And almost every page in my prayer was, God, don't let me screw this thing up. You know? And <laughs> yeah, Eddie mine. was feeling the same thing. Yeah, it was thing. mine too. <laughs> was there ever a point where you thought, man, I don't know, what have I done here? 
Pretty much every day. Yeah. Until yeah. so, <laughs> till we started. That, that's, no, that's no kidding because we'd pray and we'd stand and look out on the square and say, man, really, will any of these people really show up? You know. We're going to talk about now how you named the church Crossroads Community <laughs> Church. And go ahead and well, explain that. Diane reminded me of this. I, of course, I'm losing my mind because I'm getting old. <laughs> but when we were in, in Illinois, this was my license plate, Crossroads 7. And the, the reason that came about is because of my son, Josh. We had watched an old movie with Ralph, Ralph Macchio called Crossroads. It was about a blues player, and that kind of stuck. And I thought, man, that's a, that's a cool name. At that point in time, as we came down, it, it, it didn't go in my mind about naming the church that but when we had all of our stuff uh, in, in, in Eddie Boland and Jimmy's dad's truck and trailer, and we crossed that river in Hudsonville, there was the sign, Welcome to Indiana, the crossroads of America. And I said, there we go, putting these two and two together, and that's, that's pretty much, I wanted to name it the Flip Wilson name, the church of what's happening now, but we didn't <laughs> think that was, a, that was a very good idea. So you remember that. If you're old, you remember that. So... <laughs> it is the church of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you both for coming up and, and giving a, the congregation a true picture of how you, Crossroads Tom. began as we continue yeah. on yeah. to... Good job, man. Thank you. Our, uh, the big party. Thank you. <laughs> the big party on October 7th. So as, as we continue our look at this book of Crossroads, the story of Crossroads. In months to come, we'll have yet another chapter to look at in the formation of this wonderful place, a place where I am really glad every week that I'm able to come.